everyone. Good evening. So very sorry for the delay in starting. I would like to apologize. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is um, Temitokwe Adegoke. Um, and this evening I'll be filling in for Pastor Chinyere. <laughs> um, so I'd like us to start with a word of prayer. Um, can I ask Auntie Barbara, please, to pray for us, please? Thank you, Mom. Hello, Auntie Barbara. Does she need unmuting, please? Oh, Sister Rhoda, Sister Rhoda is here. Okay, yes, yeah. Sister Rhoda, I can see you're ready. <laughs> Sis, could you? <laughs> yes, it might be a Yeah, good evening. Good evening. Well, the network must be bad. Okay, so please, could you unmute somebody, Pastor Francis, Adama, Sister Rhoda, to just um, <clears throat> pray us in, please. Okay, okay. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Okay, I'll just pray then. Father, we just thank you. We bless you. We magnify your holy name. We lift you high for there is no one like you. Thank you, Father, for another opportunity to gather as brethren and to just open up your book, Father, and just delve in. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be with us, Lord that you will guide us, you would open the eyes of our understanding, Father Lord, that we'll have seeing eyes, hearing ears, understanding heart, Lord, hearts, that our hearts will be open to hear your word, Father Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak through me and through anyone else who would share this evening. And we pray, Lord, that it will be the words that you would give us, give us utterance today. And that, Lord, it will be the words you know you would like us to hear at this time, a word in due season, that your name and your name alone will be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. I don't know if those, um, Sheila still wants to pray. <laughs> okay, no problem. So thank you everyone for logging in. And I really have to apologize for the delay. So very sorry about that. Um, I know we've been dealing with a lot in the last few weeks. Pastor Chiri took us on, or we're still on the journey of faith of faith and also our finances, we've talked about what it is to be blessed. But I'd just like us to go back a bit because sometimes we listen to things and it doesn't quite sink in. And it's been something that's been on my mind for a few um, days now. I know for at least six months, Pastor Chiri was we're dealing on open book about deception. We're talking about deception and what Matthew 24 has to say about the end times and what, you know, when they said, what would the end times be like? So I want us to just go back there, you know, for a few minutes this evening and just go back into what really is it that Jesus was saying? Because they were saying he, he was giving us a warning. Are we really taking that warning to heart? 
do we just read these things that is said in the Bible, the red letter words, all the warnings and things, and do we just say, okay, yes, I'll come back to it. Are we really listening? I think it's Luke 21, 36 that said, watch and pray that you would escape these things that are to come. So there's a way we can, and I think Pastor Trina has mentioned it before, that sometimes we don't engage these things to the end in battle because we are a bit tired, lazy, sometimes it's ignorance and things. So what are we doing with all these teachings that we've been hearing? You know, are we really preparing ourselves? Because Jesus kept saying, be prepared, take heed. So what are we doing? And I'd just like us to go through that. And it's nice that people like Francis are unmuted. So maybe we could make it a bit of a dialoguing and all. So I'd like us to look at um, Matthew 24, to look at Matthew 24. And because, um, you know, I was somewhere and they were saying, oh, it was, it was Sunday school at a church. And they were saying, oh, avoid the mark of the beast, close with the mark of the beast, close with 666 on it. You know, it was small children, but I had to laugh. And I said, even though they are young, they still need to be told the truth. It's not necessary that there'll be the 666 on the t-shirt. What are we really looking for? Do we know what to look for? And even if we know, how are we really preparing? So looking at Matthew 24, it's a long read. Sorry, I'm just trying to bring it up here. So sorry about that. Okay, yes. So we'll see, okay, yes. Thank you, Pastor Francis. Thanks a lot. I think I'll just use your version. So it says in chapter, in verse one, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do, not, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, and then he goes on to verse 21. But like I said before, we hear these things, we keep coming to open book and I'm, I'm there as well. What are we doing? We know all the different things. They said wars, rumors of wars, farming, all those things. And we are seeing a lot of those things happening right now. But what are we doing? You know, and then it came to me that part of it was because Matthew 25 is an extension of Matthew 24. And we can see that he gave us three main things to prepare ourselves, three main ways to prepare ourselves and all. So if we start, I'll just change this to, okay. With um, the first, there was three parables in Matthew 25. And we all know, so I wouldn't read so that we don't waste too much time. The parable of the 10 virgins. So who are we reading? I just want this to be like a reflective type of open book where we're going through the word and seeing what the word says and then comparing ourselves to what the word is. They said there were two virgins, two sets of virgins. There was the wise and there was the foolish. The wise was, were prepared. They had oil in their lamps and then they had extra oil. So I was like, and then the other ones, I, they had some oil, but they definitely didn't have extra. So can we just stop and think, what, who are we like? We've been at cave, we've been at, um, some of us are lamb's wife. We've heard the word in so many ways. How are we preparing? How are we getting, are we, do we have enough oil? And different people say different things about what the oil means. So I don't know, I'm going to throw this to Pastor Francis. So, cause this is going to be everybody. <laughs> Can you please explain to us what the oil, cause I think a lot of people struggle 
with what that oil means, what the extra oil means. So, Pastor Francis, can you please explain to us about the extra oil and the oil in this parable? Thank you. Hallelujah. Okay, um, I'll do the best I can. Um, so because they're holding lamps, um, that portion of scripture, that points to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And um, basically, the oil would, would speak of those things that allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. You're meant to be doing them excessively, um, is what is communicated through that, that parable. So it's it, it can mean a lot of things it can speak of intimacy with the lord because that's what keeps the fire burning it can speak of time in the in the word that's what keeps the keeps the fire burning it can speak of um what should we call it um avoiding things like offenses and these different things that frustrate like they dim the light if that makes sense so you're making sure that there's a constant um um fuel um, applied to the lamp which is the administration of the holy spirit in your life so yes Okay, thank you so very much. Thank you. So I hope that's clear because even if for a long time, you know, I heard these stories from childhood and all, and I just thought oil. Initially, I thought it was literal oil. Then you realize that it is not that. It's more than that. And there's a work that has to be put in, you know, to, uh, to get this oil, to acquire the oil and to keep it, to keep it. Because for all we knew, the, the unwise ones might have had, and with time, with, with um, being negligent, the, the oil, kind of like mm -hmm. it went dry or just leaked away or, you know, all can evaporate and all that, you know, as in real oil can. So I don't know, I want us to just think as in, so now Pastor Francis has told us a few things, intimacy with the Lord, you know, and I think I'm going to draw in Chile in here, please. Can you describe, because we say some of these things and people don't quite know what intimacy with the Lord is. How can I be intimate with the Lord? So I don't know if Chile or if anybody else, please just put up your hands because we just want to, you know, we always say that's the thing about with like Kevatulam and the programs. How do we practice these things? How do we put these things into our lives? So reading the word, studying the word, intimacy with the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, the things he's mentioned. Chile, so thank you. We're listening. Thank you. Hi, Bobby. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Uh, the greatest purchase price that we have on the earth is time. Um, it's with time that we earn a living. So we put time into a business or we put time into a job and then we're able to earn a living. It's with time that we build relationships that lead to marriage. It's with time that we raise children. So whatever it is we want to buy, we buy with our time. So the purchase price for intimacy is devotion type. Mm. Sister Shile, that was a summary. <laughs> so when we use, when we, you said our purchase price is time, Shile, I'm not letting you go yet. So, so when we now come into the presence of Lord, of the Lord, what do we do? How do we get intimate with the Lord? I know some of us know what to do, but honestly, I think it's nice to just break it down, you know, um, and really explain these things. Because some people get into the presence of the Lord, we get there and we think, okay, I worship a bit, I do this. And even with worship songs, not every song is a worship song. Do we all realize that, that not every song, not every slow song is a worship song? Do we stop to think of the words that we are singing? 
is it ministering to us or is it ministering to the Lord? So those are things. Okay, Tosin, please. Uh, hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, so um, I'm not really sure I can provide an exhaustive answer, but I have been thinking on these lines in recent times. And for me, just like Shirley said, devoting time to spend with Jesus, to spend with God can be very <laughs> difficult because we get overwhelmed with pressures of the world, mm, vicissitudes of life, you know, it's very easy. And just like you said, I mean, the foolish virgins might have had such amount of oil that the wise ones had at the beginning, yes, but maybe they were just careless and their oil spilled out because they were not focused on that lamp you know and so just like those foolish virgins people like me we get distracted you know with things that don't really matter and I was writing today that you know just learning um, what should matter the value system of God that see if you give me this just like that um, scripture that says Seek it first the kingdom of God and all other things will be added unto you. This can be very difficult to do because, I mean, <laughs> how do I explain to everybody that um, time with God matters? I have um, things to do. I have bills to settle. I and so we just get overwhelmed with all these um, desires of every other person except this God that we should spend more time with. Mm. Of which if we spend more time with him, he would make all these other things better, right? And he will give you more insight. Even, okay, so as I started to learn these things, I mean, just really, for me, it's just really applying these things every day, right? And this time, sometimes, I think one thing that I have done wrong is to say, oh, yes, it's good to set a time, right? Say, um, Jesus, I will meet with you by five. But come on, when you digital age, by five, I I will get a message from someone saying to be here by six, and I may not be able to meet it. So, but how well am I able to have these conversations with Jesus on the bus? You know, because for me, it's in living everyday life, like going to work and just having real life, real time conversations with Jesus. This is time that we don't really see as important, that we don't know is counting. You know, some things happen to me all of a sudden, and I'm wondering, please, when did I get all this knowledge, all these things that I'm seeing? But it's because I have taken, I've said, okay, Jesus, I want to commit to speaking with you, asking you questions, just admitting and being honest. I think it's a very... Um, uh terrible human condition to not be honest mm. i don't know about others but for me I, i'm just trying to look for um, excuses and but just tell just be honest about what it is and um always ask jesus questions always you know so it's just that consistent consciousness that he's with me is inside of me so i don't if sometimes i may not be able to um read my bible 
five to six every day, every day, every day, like a religious practice. But these things I have read before, they are inside of me. I remember. And if even if I don't remember, I can ask him to help. Mm. So asking for help when you need help is something I really need to learn. Women need to learn that I cannot do it on my own. And I really need help, right? Mm. And and that's just it for me. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much, Tosi. Thank you. Yes, Shine, we can see you. We can see you. <laughs> thank you, Tosi. Okay, Shine, we're listening. Thanks. Okay, so for me, it's like a lot of things are involved, yeah. right? So um, for me, I feel like one of the greatest gifts God has given us is joining our spirit with his spirit, mm-hmm. right? So that's the reason why... Um, we feel incomplete without God. Yeah. We feel incomplete when he hasn't filled us. That's a beautiful, beautiful gift. So you know when you are um, withering, you know when you are drying up, you know when you are, when you are, I don't know how to say, when you are uh, out of source, like away from your source. Mm. So that is a beautiful gift. So um, it's plenty of things for me. So we have to first understand that time with God is life. Mm. That's it's in my I don't know how um you know in my how long it would take for someone to realize that but time with God is life. Mm. Um, you know, we've been doing, I mean, that's the re- whole reason why we have the Lambs of Discipleship program is just to get people to do what they know to do. Like, mm-hmm. is it to read our Bibles every day? We know to do. Is it to pray every day? We know to do. Is it to fast once a week? We know to do. The, the reason why we set up the entire thing is so that people can finally get to do what they know to do. Okay. You know, so um, so for me, it's a thing of get in with um, programs like Lamb's Wife that would help you build consistency because the reason why anybody has a degree today is because they went to class every day yeah. and they wrote an exam and passed um if if we did not commit to that degree we won't have it right if we did not commit to any of our life relationships it won't be there mm. and um we also have to realize the the um some sometimes we think that our relationship with god is um just about relationship mm. our relationship with god is about dominion yeah. right so god needs us to be filled with his spirit so that we can administer his kingdom on earth right we have there's so many dimensions to our relationship with god god is our husband god is our father god is if you read the book of malachi it says um you call me father but where is my honor you call me master but would you give these gifts to your governors god is our master god is our father god is our brother god is our everything right so one of the mistakes that we could make is for us to latch onto just one side of the relationship and lose the other parts of the relationship. So, so when we, when we just say, Oh, God is my friend, you know? So when he's counting his servants and giving them reward, you may not be able to receive the reward of a servant because you chose to be only a friend throughout. Why don't you want to be God's friend and God's servant and God's best friend and God's, you know, um, Bible says that my father honors everyone that serves me, not my father honors everyone that befriends me. So there's just so many aspects of our relationship with God, right? So the need for prayer is for 
of course, for us to enjoy that relationship, right? But it's also more than that. It's for us to express dominion. It's for us to settle into our master-servant relationship, our father-son relationship, right? Mm. So this is what I feel. I feel I was listening to um, uh, 3 p.m. prayers by Pastor Francis yesterday, and he said something that really got to me. Um, He says, Lord, your absence is painful. There is nowhere. Just just imagine um, the angels in the throne room seeing God face to face and they say they don't feel like worshiping. They don't, they don't feel like praying. They don't have enough time to study their Bible. It, it, it is an anomaly. It doesn't, it doesn't happen where God is. Mm. It doesn't, you, you can't have, a, you, nothing can come up in your life mm. where, this, where God's presence is mightily abounding or abiding and you would not be, like you get, so when we come into, yeah, so when we come into a place where we are unable, we are unable, it shows, um, I don't want to, for a better description, it shows absence. Yeah. It shows that we're not in tune with his presence. And that is not, um, I don't, I, I like to blame everybody, blame myself, blame everybody's in trouble when I'm in trouble, right? So I like to believe, right? Because I, I hear of things like, oh, the air is dark. Oh, the altars of the believers are weakened because of the activities of witchcraft. So I like to place myself in a place where, me, self, I have the capacity to weaken the altar of a sorcerer. I have the capacity to weaken the altar of a witch that is weakening believers. Because the only reason why you, we, we would be weak, I mean, after the Lord has come to dwell in us, the only reason why we will be unable to respond is if something is fundamentally wrong, tampering with what God has provided for us. So me, I like to do everything. I'll blame myself. Um, and... I have the ability to command my environment. If I'm under stress, I have, I have a lot of things. Like when I when I began to work, I was like, God, I'm not going to enter traffic. As I'm entering into that company, they will change their policy. And a month into when I started working, um, started work, we all went on lockdown, started working from home for two years. And things will just begin to happen. Policies just begin to change. If yeah. if there was a time we didn't have a microwave in the house, so my cho- my chores were increasing. And I was getting tired. I couldn't spend enough time with God. I said, Lord, this microwave situation must get out of the way. Within two weeks or less, some my brother just bought microwave and I was washing less dishes. So mm-hmm. I have the capacity to, cont- to put everything under subjection for me mm-hmm. to be able to be joined with the Lord. Mm-hmm. My relationship with God is about my, my glory. My glory is inside it. Mm-hmm. It is at stake. I must be glorified. I must be full of the spirit. I must exert dominion on the earth. And if anything is getting in the way of, of that, that thing is in trouble. Whether it is the spirit, we'll deal with you. If it's a circumstance because of the place of the air, we'll deal with you. If it's my laziness, ah, we'll deal with that laziness. So everything that gets in the way of my glory must be dealt with. All right. So intimacy with God is about understanding that he is life to me. Mm. And anything, like we said, what do you do when it's time to spend time with God? You just spend time with God. You just spend time with God. It's just, it's like, what do you do when you're with your husband or you're with your family? You just stay there, right? And it's meant to be enjoyable. So when there are difficulties in this, we need to become very wicked and Mm. disturb the people that are disturbing us. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Shile. Thank you so much. As she kept talking, I just kept seeing the picture of a bride, a bride, a bride. 
they use the the word bridesmaids, you know, the the ten white, you know, the white virgins or bridesmaids, you know, and and how how you know a bride is excited about her bridegroom. She wants to be around her bridegroom. She's adoring her bridegroom, gazing into the bridegroom's face, his voice. You know, they don't want to, even if they're not in the same home, they're constantly on the phone, staying on the phone together. You know, there's no, okay, I'm only going to have, I'm only going to see him one to two, and that is it. Whenever they can steal time together, they're constantly stealing time, stealing glances, text messages, and things like that. And, you know, that's, it's something that I feel this is a season the Lord is calling us to intimacy, a love relationship. You know, a lot of us will be like, oh, I'm a bit lonely. Oh, I don't have friends. The Holy Spirit is like, he should be our best friend. And that is it. He should be our best friend. Best friend. So thank you so much. So that's the best parable. <laughs> the second one talks about the, the talents. You know, and I keep, anytime I look at that and we see there were three men, you know, in that parable, because this is what Jesus, he, he told us, beware, be careful. Signs, these are the signs. This will happen. He even told us, oh, pray, it doesn't happen during winter so there are different things tips he was giving us and then he now went into these three parables so these three parables should not be overlooked there are things we should go back and prayerfully read through and just meditate on and know how does this pertain to me we've now kind of like gone in through to the the 10 10 virgins and picked up a few things from there now we want to look at the talents so he looked they said there's a um he said he gave them according to their own ability so that's verse 15. So he says, I'll start from verse 14. But the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. One thing I like about this parable is that the Lord is not into what we do, comparing, ah, my brother has five pieces of meat. I only have two. He doesn't compare us in that sense, one to another. And they've said, comparing ourselves to ourselves, we have been unwise or foolish, you know? So the Lord looks at us, looks at our abilities and gives us, so we're being marked according to our own abilities. So we don't need to waste time thinking about, oh, this other person, this is their ministry, this is that. Oh, I should be on the pulpit. I should be here. Oh, I should be the choir. You know, what are your abilities that God has given you? Have you sat down to carefully ask yourself, look, you know, look into yourself. What do you, you know, just find out what are my abilities? And to think that these abilities, one, it's not to be hidden. Because we see, we see, um, okay, so Saruda is saying that they're not bridesmaids, but the bride company, which, you know, was like saying about the bride, the company of brides. And this is what the bride does. You know, the bride is about her bridegroom and everything. So we'll see about this talent, you know. One, what are our talents? What are our abilities? And what are we doing with our abilities? You know, um, I wouldn't like to you when, when Pastor Train said, oh, you know, do this. And I thought my first thing is like, oh, I really can't do this. But who says, who says? Is it me saying I can't do it? Or is it that, you know, so we need to stop and really start finding out what are the talents we have that we have hidden. Like that man, he hid it in the earth. He hid it in himself. He hid his talents away. He did not use his talents to bless, you know, even himself. He didn't bless himself because he was hidden away. He didn't bless the brethren. He didn't bless any of the people around him. We had to go and make disciples of nations. And it's our abilities we would use. Some people might use it with their singing. And that's how they minister to people and are able to draw people to the Lord. 
Some people, they are able to pastor people into the Lord. You know, we have different ways. Some people, it's through acts of love, you know, and it's all our different abilities. But together, we are bringing people into the kingdom and building them up into the statue of, you know, the statue of Christ and everything. So I want us to think, what are our abilities and how are we using them? Are we hiding them away? Are we using them for ourselves? Are we using them to gain attention and the applause of men? Or are we using it for what God has said we should do? to go and make disciples, you know? And, and to remember that there's, it's, there's no fixed thing. There's no fixed, oh, this is, because even the fivefold are to build people up to go out. We are to be built, we are the ones to be the foot soldiers out there and all. So I don't know, does anybody else have anything to add on the talents, the five talents, well, sorry, the parable of the talents? Trying to think. You know, this is one of the favorite. We all say, oh, this is what we want God to tell us. You know, you imagine getting to heaven, or well, not getting to heaven, but imagine, yeah, okay, Chile says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. Yes, because it's sometimes we pay too much attention on what other people are doing, how other people are doing it, you know, and we just need to spend more time being faithful to our own work. You know, and it says you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Galatians 6, 5, 4 to 5. Yes, Sheila, please, could you go ahead? Sorry, please, could she be unmuted, please? Hello, mommy. <laughs> okay. Can I, can we say that? Um, loving Jesus is a, is a talent. Like, you know how, um, I don't know if anybody experienced it, but when you're growing up and you see all your classmates, somebody can sing, somebody can draw, somebody knows book, somebody, <laughs> somebody can do something and you are just like, ah, am I a potato? Like, what's wrong with me? I don't have any talent, you know? So, um, so it just makes young people feel sad. Is it possible that, um, it, can we say that it is impossible that uh, 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 nobody is talentless if yeah. we have the talent to love Jesus? Because um, it is out of intimacy with God that we, we find out how to express a ministry um, mm. because sometimes it can be blinding thinking when we just look at the different um, offices in the church and say, okay, I'm not good at ushering. Because I know anytime it puts me in ushering, I, I know as in like how to, like a ministry expression, yeah. all the ministry expressions around you, you're not good at any one of them. Yeah. Because whenever they put me as ushering, I always end up being the one carried. I've never done well as an usher, you know. Or someone is, okay, but can I sing? I can't sing. Okay, can I join cooking departments? I'm the worst. I hate markets. Can I, like all the expressions around you, don't, you just don't fit into any box. So is it possible that we can, you know, get ourselves to remove our mind from boxes yes. and start with the talent of loving Jesus mm. first, you know? Yes, yes. Because remember what he told uh, Mary, he said, well, Martha, that Mary has found the one important thing, the needful thing, and, I'm, and it won't be taken from her. So it's from that sitting, gazing, spending time in his presence, sitting at his feet, then you are now, you know, the, the enlightenment comes, the eyes of our understanding is open. And then we're no longer thinking, oh, it has to be, because <laughs> it has to be ushering, um, counting money. This, you know, we just have the basic departments we think. And a lot of times it's not that. 
it's not that. There are different things, you know, God will tell you. He could just tell you, there's this old lady on your street. That's your ministry. That's your ministry. Or even in Sunday school, that unloved child that nobody else is that one child, you know. And you might just be the one that would know how to dance, ringa, ringa, roses with him and this and that. And through that. So we, we need to definitely open our minds up to not just always box ourselves into, yes, these are the stereotypes, you know, of... Um, of what it is to serve God, no. We need to find out, because it's why I keep saying, telling people that a lot of times, you know, the Lord might be wanting what sunflowers and we are getting a room full of roses. Why don't you wait and find out what exactly do you want? How do you want it? What is it? You know, and then from there, you're able to now give the gift that will make him glad, make him happy, you know. Um, Sister Tosi, you had put your hand up and you've put it down again. Did you have something to share, please? Thank you so much, Stashile. Oh, so yes, I'd wanted to say that. Um, I mean, a lot of times, these um, so-called limited, talented people that say, ah, I don't have nothing, they underestimate themselves. And mm. so when we say that, um, um, loving Jesus, I think that's just the perfect solution because... Mm. Loving him is trusting him that he knows the best. He knows everything. Mm -hmm. And many times, just like I'm, I'm discovering that the value system of God is different. He sees everything. So don't even bother trying to figure it out. Don't bother trying to compare yourself with others because most likely it will be something unexpected. So just ask. Don't bother mm -hmm. to waste time. Mm -hmm. And you know, just ask. And he will always show you. And then again, being able to steal ourselves and just, you know, um, wait to listen to hear what he will say. Because many times these hard, very hard questions that we are um, asking and um, desiring answers for, they will not come like in one minute or one moment or in shortness of time. So being willing to devote that time, like we said, you know, earlier, to just you know get what is needed mm. ask god i ask god, what must i do i want to do this and you know that i need to do this so what must i do mm. and ask for help if i need to speak to that manager that nobody speaks to and you tell me that if i speak to him he will get this job done now give me courage to ask him right if this is what i must do tell me what to do and help me to do it as I need to do it, because he would always tell us what to do. And mm. when we are able to do it, being able to trust and obey. Mm. So for me, just like you said, you will know what to do. We've been reading Bibles since we're small. Even the small we can do, we know what's, trust me, it's inside of you. So just being able to ask God to um, remind us to be with us and i think that's just loving jesus a very dynamic relationship like she yeah. said um you know just being with him every time and just trusting that he's always there and he will never leave you and then about this talent thing again so one thing i i think i'm seeing is this one this you know i mean i can't remember was it yesterday we we're talking about or was it during prayers this morning we we're talking about the power of one and it's still the same value system of God. Like there must have been something in that one that this one guy received that could have brought him a hundredfold, but he refused to see, he refused to ask. 
So we mm. must always ask, God, what is it you are seeing? I'm not seeing. Because we have limited scope of vision. If you ask God, I say, God, I know you have, okay, so this is your plan. I know that you have these grand plans, this dominion that we're speaking about. So how must I, how must I do it? You know, show me there's something, something that I must do. This one talent that you have, that I, that you have given to me, what must I do to yield this increase? And it, it might be something small. It might be, and he, and trust me, most of the time, he just says, look around you. Look around you in the most unlikely places. Mm. Maybe that one talent he hid in the ground maybe the only maybe that was him even what he was supposed to do maybe it was just to water the ground or just do something small something unexpected right and if he had done that i mean i believe that it would things would have been different yeah. and then trusting god also to know how to deploy this talent because one yeah. thing especially for some other people that we may not really see sometimes, especially in this um, age, is um, multi-talented people. I think this is one very, very, um, one um, sidetrack area too. Um, it's very easy for us to see how this five talent guy reproduce his five talents. And, and I know, yes, um, I can imagine, well, I can only imagine what he went through, you know, to to know what to do with five talents and get five more i mm. can only so if this one person has just asked god or ask his lord for more capacity or if you have just gone to the master and asked him if you have questions ask why did you give others two and give me one what is why am i so different am i mm. you know so asking questions being honest with god and just waiting to hear back it just it changes everything because mm. sometimes this five talent guy now, for example, I'm sure he must have maybe deployed one first and that one needed two more. You know, there's always an order. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get the order right sometimes, you know, things may not turn out as we think they would have. So just, mm-hmm. you know, walking with Jesus every step of the way and leaning on him, trust me, every step of the way. So this Bible verse, I, I remember it all the time that trust with the Lord with all, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. As men, we have tendencies to be very logical, to be very um 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 what's the word meticulous. Um, you know, we are we are trying to figure it out, but no, lean on him and um do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord that departs from evil. So one thing too that um, I'm, I'm speaking so much. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I think I'm fine. Yes, that's I've said the major thing I want to say. Yes. Well, I wanted to say. So, so so sorry, so sorry. I had to mute myself and couldn't unmute. Yes, thank you so much. You know, something you said stuck out for me. You know, he might have been there murmuring and grumbling that, see, one person got five, another person got two. I only got one. I know. Thank you. 
but I, I only got one. Meanwhile, a lot of things is step by step. You know, start with the one. You know, do well in that one. Then you'll be increased to two. You'll be increased. And it's what we said earlier on about stop comparing yourself with other people. You face, you know, um, Jesus told Peter to in, towards the end of um, John 21, when he said how he told Peter how he would die, alluded to how he would die. And then they said, in our turn, I said, what about John, Apostle John? And he said, what is it to you? You follow me. And that's something that stopped with me. We need to just follow Jesus. Set your eyes on Jesus and follow him. Do just, just take it stay as it comes. Deny yourself. Take up your own cross, not your sister's cross, not your brother's cross. And just keep following Jesus. And step by step, perfect that one talent. Then move on. Thank you, Francis. Just Jesus. Just move on. And as you pass that test, you will be added. Jesus has told, he will add. He's good at blessing us. And he said, he said that, take the one and give it to the other one. You know? So if you don't use it, it will be taken away from you. You know? And, and also, we notice that his attitude, which is another thing we as Christians need to check. We need to be true to ourselves about the kind of attitude we have towards service, towards our work with God, towards the brethren. What is your attitude really like? We might think we have a beautiful attitude or something, but we need to stop and listen to ourselves, the way we react when people do things. Because if you see verse 24, it says that then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. You didn't do what the man said. You're not scared. You're not worried. You're not even insulting him. He said, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there, have what is yours. You know, what is our attitude like? Can you imagine somebody did not do the work he was given and instead of bending down and frustrating and begging and crying, even if it's crocodile tears, try and be sorry. No, he was like, hey, you, you're a hard man, you're wicked. You reap where you don't sow. So he judged can you imagine judging your own Lord and Master? So that's another area that we need to really think, what's our attitude to work? Sometimes we're good at giving all the appearances of we're going to do this job well, but in our hearts, we're rebellious. In our hearts, we're angry. In our hearts, we're saying, Kai, sing. So they gave that one, that song to sing, knowing that I sing it better. Meanwhile, they've given me this other song. You know, we need to learn to just keep our eyes on Jesus and just keep working, doing what it is he has called us to do you know, and, and, um, and just trust him, trust him that he that gave you that talent, gave you the ability, gave you the task, he would see you through, he would give you the strength, the grace. And the beautiful thing is one over one is 100%. Five over five is 100%. So just get your own task done to the glory of God. And that is what we should be most, we should be focused on. So I don't know, does anybody else have anything to add regarding this Bible of the talents? Before we move to the last one, it's titled The Son of Man Who Judge the Nations. Okay, I know it's already three minutes or so, but we'll just try and delve into this a bit. Because with me, anytime I read this, or well, will I say more recently, when I read this, you know, you read, oh, we'll go into um, verse 34. Then the king said to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And like I said with the other one, you read this and think, okay, yes, be, uh, do 
take rice, cooked rice or noodles, do all of that, uh, give out water to people, maybe build borehole in some areas and all. Um, okay, Sarada is saying the ultimate aim of the talented souls. Yes, it is. You know, and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to start prison ministry. But some, I think this goes back to what we had said before, being in Mary, stopping to sit. Okay, I'm being led to those who are in prison. Father, what does this prison mean to me? What does it mean for me? What kind of prison ministry? Because it was once I was thinking about it and I thought, hmm, you know, prison is not just the normal prison, the government prison and not. People have done bad there in prison. I go and visit them. No, there's some people who have imprisoned themselves. You know, they might go to work. They might, they might seem to have a form of life, but they've imprisoned themselves. They've locked themselves in. They're not living life abundantly, living life to the full. You know, Satan is killing, stealing, destroying. There's prison, their mind is a prison. Mind, our minds can be a prison, you know? So we have to sit and let the Lord guide us to what kind of prison? Who are these people that we've been called to set free? Who are these people? Because, you know, we've been given our mandate in Luke 4, 18 to 19, you know? So how do we set these captives free? That is what it is. Yes, strongholds are also prisons. So we need to sit, even the hungry, it's not just about physical food. A lot of people are hungry for the true bread. They're really hungry for the word of God. You know, you sit down and it might seem like everybody wants prosperity preaching, but no, a lot of people are there because they don't really, they don't realize there's anything else. They just don't, but they can see they're there and there's discontent. That's why they keep going, wanting something more of prosperity, not knowing that true prosperity is not just in cars, bags and all that, you know? So we need to stop and just think, ask the Lord, what is this prison? Who are the hungry? What kind of hunger? What kind of thirst? Are rivers of living water flowing from our bellies? You know, so that means we have to be full, filled up with the waters, and then it's bursting forth. Who is it being poured out to? Are we seeing them blooming? Are people around us blooming and, you know, like sunflowers lifting their faces up to the sun and everything because we are in their neighborhood? It says the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And, you know, that's us. That is us. We become the word of God and we move into our neighborhoods, making a difference for our neighborhood. And this is how we do it from what this talent says. And like Sarada said, it's souls. It's souls. We're not just going to feed them either with the word of God. We can just start doing oh, Bible study, doing a Bible. What is the purpose and the aim of the Bible study? It's to grow them. It's to open them up, to let them begin to mature, you know. I, I, I'm not really with all these um, Greek terminologies, but when you hear, I think it's Napios, and then you hear Technon, and then you hear the heels, you can see there's a graduation. So I like to think Napios is the nappy stage where you're wearing diapers. You can't stay in diapers forever. You need to move up, come out of the diapers, you know, trainer pants, whatever it is, move up to that, then move, you know, you keep graduating, and it's a word that will get you there, you know, what you feed on and all. So yeah, so we see, he said, I was naked and you clothed me. So that again is not because we are spirits. We are born of God. So a lot of our things have to come from the spiritual angle, naked. And if, if you remember in Revelations, it was said that those the people who thought they had the best of everything, he said, you are wretched, you are naked. So we would know that this naked too, it cannot just mean that we need to take out our clothes, give them our clothes. No, we need to close them in the spirit realm. What clothe them with that which you know, it's like, if you remember Joshua, I think it was Zachariah, and they were like, the, 
prophet, I think it was a prophet, that he was the high priest, Joshua the high priest, that his garments were filthy. So how can we get them, you know, to prepare as the bride of Christ to wash their garments, to have the right kind of garments? And of course, it starts with us. Are garments white and clean? Are they wrinkle-free? And then he says, I was sick and you visited me. And sickness, as we said, it's, it's all sorts of different sick. It's not just going to hospitals. It could be. It could be. But I think we have to be people who come from that place of sitting. We come from that space of being with the Lord. We come back to intimacy with the Lord. And then it's from there we arise, there we go. We go, we, we're more, um, we're, we're sharpened. So like an arrow that's been sharpened, being oiled, whatever it is prepared, we're not blunt. So that with one aim, we can take down the enemy or we, can, we hit the target, we hit the target. So as we round up, I don't know if anyone has anything to say. I'm seeing my beautiful sister Kechi's lovely picture and I just feel there's so much she's <laughs> wanting to add, but I'm just, you know, so please, if you have anything else to say, please do add. Just put up your hand, Brother Francis. Brother Francis will help to unmute you, please. Anyone? Okay. Yes, Tosin, thank you. Okay, so one thing that I'm just remembering that um, I think I can say now is just to encourage us and just to say that the times ahead will not be easy because, I mean, it's going to be very tough and, but there is strength. So just that necessity to always be encouraged in the Lord and to just keep on trusting, not to relent hope, you know, find reasons to smile and be happy <laughs> that no matter what, the end is assured, victory is ours, right? If I think if we always keep this end in view, it will help us to just navigate these low seasons that we can be in many times, you know, and not to lose, not to despair, not to... Um, lose hope, lose faith, and to just keep trusting God, be encouraged. Yes, that's what I want to say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So um, is there anybody else or do we begin to round up? Okay. Um, I'm just okay. changing. I just want to put this like one of the verses I had mentioned. So Luke 21, 36, it says, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So for me, I just want us to really push past. It's nice to attend these things. It's, it is not just nice. We are blessed when we come. We take in so much. Some of it, we do not appreciate what we are taking in until we are pressed by holy. We're pressed, and then we begin to see that, wow, actually, you know, I've been taking things in, I've been, you know, all that. I didn't think I was meditating, but things have been going in. So you're pressed, and then you see God helps you pass through the storms and everything, you know, or you scale that test, you pass the test, or, and all that. But, you know, there's a watching, there's a praying, 
there's a doing. So we hear these things, even if it's just one thing you take from each time you listen and then you press in and, you know, bring it to life in you, make it a lifestyle in you so that we're not just attending these things and then we're not taking heed, we're not watching, we're not praying, and then things happen and then we're at loss with everybody else, you know. It should, it should not be like that. All of these things, is, it's, it's for warnings and the warnings are for, to, to prepare us for what's ahead because we don't all have to be learning things as they happen, you know. We're friends that will be, you know, we things will be whispered. They said there'll be a voice telling us this is the way, walk in it. Thank you, we're children of the light, you know. So my encouragement for all of us today is these parables are there. So he said about the farming, the this, the that, but there's a preparation to do. There's the it's getting oil, having extra oil. Then there's the talents, find your talents, utilize them properly. And then, you know, the six gatekeepers, you know, are you feeding the poor how and all that? So we should be out there, you know, doing these things as led by the Holy Spirit. So thank you so very much. Thank you. Um, I don't know if Pastor Francis has anything else to say or, um, and then I don't know if we could, we could all break bread. I don't know if we all have, I, I sorry, <laughs> I don't have anything close by, but um, I could ask, I don't know, who, who could, as we share the Holy Communion, I'm thinking, thank you, Sister Shilia and Sister Tosi. Thank you so much. We've really been blessed by your contributions. I will not call Sister Dyer. She led prayers today. <laughs> okay, who else? I'm scrolling through. I've seen a few names, <laughs> but I will glide over there. Oh, I've seen a beautiful name. Auntie Lillian, please, could you just, you know, lead us in sharing the Holy Communion now. So please, if she can be unmuted, Auntie Lillian, I've not heard her voice in a bit. Okay, okay. Oh, please, do you know what? Just please unmute. <laughs> Please, Pastor Francis, just unmute anyone, please. Please just unmute. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bless God. Am I the only one unmuted? Okay. All right. Let's um okay. Let's um, grab our communion elements. Um, we do this in remembrance of the sacrifice of Jesus. We are not orphans. We are not um, giving our bodies or our souls for the chastisement of our own sins. The Lord Jesus has done that. He has engrafted us into the body of his father and into his own body. He is in us as we are in him. We have redemption by the blood of Jesus. We have translation into his kingdom 
we partake of his flesh and his blood. Jesus says that whoever would eat of this flesh and drink of this blood has a part in me. Lord Jesus, we confess that we are part of you. We have a part in you. I have a part in you. I am a partaker of your divine nature. I am a partaker of your inheritance. The things on earth and the things in heaven, the things of now and the things of the world to come, they belong to me because I am part of Jesus. I am part of Jesus. This is your flesh. This is your blood. This is your flesh. This is your blood. This is your flesh. This is your blood. I am joined with you. Your paternity is my paternity. Your God is my God. Your father is my father. Your people are my people. Your nation is my nation. Your heritage is my heritage. Your inheritance is my inheritance. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for bearing on your body the chastisement for our sins. Thank you for bearing the penalty. Thank you for bearing the punishment. Thank you for letting us fly free. Thank you for putting songs of rejoicing, songs of redemption upon our hearts and upon our lips. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As we eat today, we eat in remembrance of our freedom in you. And we declare that we are free to serve the living God. We are not under bondage to sin. We are not under bondage to sickness. We are not under bondage to oppression of the enemy. We are not under bondage of the kingdom of darkness. But we are free and free indeed in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's Amen. Eat. Thank you. Thank you so much. Everyone, everyone, thank you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. And we pray that you would always make the Lord bring smiles to his face. Ah, thank you so much. Have a blessed week. God bless you. There's, there's what for now tomorrow. There's um, <laughs> Thursday school of Melchizedek. Saturday is preparing his bride. There's open book study Friday evening, same time, 8 p.m. We're preparing for immersion. <laughs> really exciting. Yes, Father of Light. So much, so much happening. So, as uh, Pastor Francis would say, Jesus dreams. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Thank you, Sister Shile, Sister Tosin. Yes, prayer stretch. There's prayer stretch from, I think it's, First of December to the fourth. Yes, it is. God bless you. Bye. Well, let's share grace, please. Let's share the grace. The grace of our Lord the Jesus Christ. Christ. The love of Christ. God. The love of God. Love of God. Amen. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. So God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you. That talk that was awesome. <laughs> yes, Pastor Tokwe, thank you. Oh. You did amazingly well. Bye. <laughs>